Hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to take a second and let you know about this amazing new product called MultiplayerSquad.com. It's the greatest new addition to gaming. Well, I mean, practically life. It's sure to fill you with glee, help you make new friends, and expose you to all sorts of awesome memes. It's got the best community of gamers around, and more than that, it's the best way to help support the show and let us keep providing awesome content. What? I gotta read this disclaimer for legal reasons. Warning, MultiplayerSquad.com can cause feelings of joy, happiness, companionship, ownage, and all-around sense of being awesome. If you notice yourself acting more like Josh, please discontinue use immediately and seek professional help. Hey, who put that in there? Paul! Hello, squadmates. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are three dads that love to talk about gaming, and we always keep our episodes family-friendly. Please make sure to rate our show five stars and leave a written review. And please check out our Patreon page if you would like to unlock access to the exclusive Squadcast, which is a feed of bonus episodes only available to those who help support the show. You can take a look at the Patreon options by heading over to MultiplayerSquad.com. Today is Thursday, which means it is time for This Week in Gaming, and we are going to be breaking down some recent gaming news stories. I am your host, Paul, and I am joined here today by my colleague who is currently living in the Matrix. He's unsure of what's real and what's a program. It's Josh. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> there it is. You humans it was are coming. repulsive. It's, I can smell it. It's, it's in your clothes. <laughs> That's all I got. I love The Matrix, yeah, by yeah. the way. What a great movie. Are you going to start calling us parasites now? I'm, I, I mean, not to your face anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. And then we're joined by our good friend, who I know he's a huge fan of space games. I can't help but think he's feeling a little bit depressed here this week. It's Michael. I don't know if I can make it through this episode, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm super excited to deliver great news today. Um, actually, mm-hmm. true story. Uh, Paul and Josh had to call me like four times today and like check on my wife to have her come and peel me off the floor of my office because I was like in a fetal position crying in the corner over today's <laughs> news. So, you know, uh, hey, guys, so uh, so happy to be here today and do the show. <laughs> Michael still got crocodile tears just uh, coming down out of the eyes right now. I do. <laughs> so let, let's start off with the bad news, guys. Let, let's end on a high note. So let's talk about one of the things that we hate the most, which are video game delays. And, you know, obviously, I think we can appreciate sometimes they're necessary to come out with a decent game. But we did get word this week that Starfield and Redfall, both of them pretty highly anticipated releases, have both been pushed out beyond 2022. We are now going to have to wait until the first half of 2023. What do you guys think about this? Um, I, I mean, is it? My initial response is, is this a surprise to either one of you fine gentlemen? <laughs> nope. Not a huge surprise. It's a it's a slight disappointment and a, a, a very minor slight surprise. I, I mean, we've seen zero gameplay of Starfield at all. Literally at all. I think there's one like one second snippet where it's showing like a bookshelf or like utility shelf in one scene, and you're like, ooh, is that gameplay? But there's literally nothing happening, and it's like a second long. It's just you don't come out with a game that's touted to be what Starfield is 
you know, supposed to be and not have any gameplay or anything like that when you're only six months out from release. That's a huge red flag right there. Now, in June, we're supposed to get some footage because there's a big event coming up where they're going to show footage from Starfield and you're, we're going to get to see the gameplay and all that. But yeah, I, I mean, it, I, this doesn't surprise me one bit. The, this game's supposed to be huge. I feel like they're going to need this time. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because I didn't even think about the fact, Josh, that you just mentioned that we haven't seen any gameplay at all for this, you know, and it's it's funny what the developers actually say about the reason for their delay. The reason is, hey, we just want to polish this game up a little bit before we release it to give you the best experience. But you're like, okay, we've seen no gameplay footage. We've really not heard a lot except for, you know, just uh, little inklings on the internet of what they're doing. And the biggest issue is if you're delaying a game six months before release, it's because either one, your game is broken. Two, it's not finished yet. Three, you're trying to figure out how to make all the silos of all the different developers and all that, you know, different developer groups come together and make a finished game. I think that it's it's not about polish at all. They don't have a game yet that, that is anywhere near ready to go unreleased. They're not near the six-month mark yet. You very well could be right. Now, Bethesda, they have always been like big idea people. I feel like they've always got these awesome ideas. The finished products uh, tend to eventually get to the right spot. But I will say that this does not bode well for my prediction of Starfield winning Game of the Year in the year 2022, because it is not going to release. So... <laughs> Put that one as a as a, as one under the loss column for me. Do, do you guys think this has anything to do with the leak that we talked about on a recent episode where the employee broke NDA and started talking about Starfield and saying, hey, you know, flying does not feel good at all. Like there's shooting elements, but this game is not close to being ready. He, I think he even said like some of the systems are coming online, but he made it seem like this game had a really long way to go. And, and even mentioned that the date, 11-11-22, which was a huge date for them, was really what they were shooting for. So you'd know they didn't take delaying this lightly, but the response to that guy kind of breaking the NDA and putting this information out there, do you think that was like the right time for them to say, well, since everybody has heard now, maybe this is a good time to delay it? I mean, it kind of makes sense. I, I mean... Could this have something to do with it? Absolutely. Like I was just saying, the game's not done. You know what? What they what they could have done was they they could have been in a spot where they think they're on track, and they start putting those because you know when you have a game where you've got flying and walking around or whatever, anytime you start putting different pieces of an engine together, and then you put it together and you're like, wait a minute, flying's not right, and then this game's not really fun. Um, I don't think it hurt them to put it out now because they've already been kicked in the pants, right? They've already been like the NDA thing, like that came out. Everyone took it as truth because it came from a guy who's in big trouble now for saying it right um and so why not just double up with the bad press and say hey rather than delaying it in three months and saying hey we know we're three months out but we're delaying it by six more months or potentially who knows almost a year um i I think it makes sense to put that release out now and just take the bad news in lumps maybe i don't know it wasn't like the world's biggest story and bethesda is so big i don't know that they really care about like what one employee says. It was the biggest story for me. That, <laughs> that that employee largely had positive things to say about Starfield. Yeah. Like he did rat uh he he did rag on the status 
from the developer side of the engine, but he's, he did say that the game is shaping up and looking really good, but it was still far away. He, no, and, and, that- and you did mention, Josh, he specifically said flying did not yet feel fun. There, you know, it's a work in progress. We know how these things are. You've got a program, you know, 7,000 things, and then you got to start putting them together. And some of those puzzle pieces may or may not line up. So if that's what they mean by polishing it up, I, I get what they're saying. I think the game is is probably largely there. I don't know if they're like 70% there or 80% there, but uh, if they need to delay it another six months or something to give us a great product, I get it. They only have one chance to make a first impression. And like we've said before, this is their first new IP in over 25 years. So I think they're going to be extra cautious and careful. They want to make sure that they hit the ground running with this one. So it sucks we have to wait, but I think we all agree, ultimately, it's probably for the best. Well, and that makes it a big deal, too, that this is their first IP, uh, new IP in 25 years. Because if they put out a bad, um, if they put out, I keep wanting to say Skyrim, if they put out a bad Elder Scrolls game or they put a bad Fallout game out, there's going to be another one of those games. It's like, okay, this one didn't sell as well, whatever. We'll refund some money if we have to, and we'll put out <laughs> another one 76. down the road. <laughs> right, right, but but the, well, that's true. But they're still going to make another another Fallout game, even though that game was bad. But this game, there's a lot more riding on it for them because potentially, if this game is bad, they don't just lose revenue on this game; they lose potential future revenue on the entire franchise just going in the trash can if it's not done right. And so, it's it's a big deal to them. Can you can you yeah. guys think of any other like new IP that might have released in the last couple of years that was wildly hyped that maybe shouldn't have released when it did and and could have really benefited from maybe being delayed like six months to a year? <laughs> was it a CD uh, project Red game? Oh, <laughs> you, you think maybe maybe the developers are starting to learn their lessons and going, hey, it's better to delay this game than it is to release it and have it flop hard. You didn't know, Bethesda and, totally bust bus roll? Uh, didn't they bus roll CD Projekt Red? Yeah, they. Be, yeah, if you read some of the articles that go along with this, them announcing this delay it, into 2023, they actually referenced uh, the fact that they didn't want a cyberpunk level uh, like release in that regard. Like delaying that seems to be the right thing to do in this case. And I have to say, I'm fine with it. I mean, yes, it's sad news. Yes. I don't know what other game is coming out in 2022 other than God of war. And at this point, I'm not super confident that God of war Ragnarok is going to release in 2022. If it does, the only game it has to compete with is Elden ring at this point, you know, but it's like, it ain't looking so good for the rest of the year, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little bit of an underwhelming year. A lot of disappointments. We still have Gotham Knights to look forward to. That's still slated for this year, right? Or is that 2023 also? I have no, I'm not that excited about that game. I mean, yeah. it looks fun. The, I'll tell you what. The only thing that makes me excited about Gotham Knights is the co-op gameplay portion. Like that's literally the only thing. Like otherwise, I feel like this is just a Batman kind of remake. I mean, DC doesn't make as fun characters you know, as Marvel does and stuff like that. Like if it was just a single player game, I'd have zero interest. The fact that it is co-op does make me interested to like be able to hop on with you guys and play together. But I I don't know, man. Yeah. Who doesn't want a co-op Batman game? I mean, that's exactly what it is. And that's what I'm saying. That part gets me excited. But if it did not have co-op and it was single player only, I would not, it wouldn't even be on my radar. 
Oh, really? I'd yeah. still be excited. Yeah, and Gotham Knights is slated for October, which I know is not like the most anticipated game. So it is a bummer to lose Starfield and Redfall. Uh, we're just gonna have to wait till 2023 there. All right, so moving on to the next story. This is one that we definitely talked a lot about in our Discord server. And if anyone out there has not joined, there's a link in the episode description. Totally free to join. We'd love to have you in there. But there was an Unreal Engine 5 tech demo that got released that kind of took the world by storm. I know it hit the front page of Reddit. We were talking about it quite a bit within our friend group. Uh, Josh, do you want to maybe explain a little bit about what this was? Uh, so this was something that was posted to the interwebs. And people kept going like, hey, check out this Unreal uh, Engine 5 demo. And all I kept seeing was this somebody with a camera taking like video of like a stairway at a train station. And you I think kept, he's he's like walking into the office where they're going to yeah, show the tech like, demo. I'm on like, right. okay, dude, am I going to watch this guy ride this train <laughs> to work to show me this tech demo? And and I kept like, wh- where is the tech demo, guys? Like, where's it at? Like, am, am, did I click the wrong link? Like, what's going on? And then somebody was like, I can't believe it. That looks so real. And then it dawned on me, like, wait a minute. Okay, somebody is scamming the internet. They have recorded footage with their phone at at a train station and then tried to say that this was Unreal Engine 5. And I was like, come on, guys. We all know better. This is obviously a video. There's no way that this is made using, like, you know, technology. And then, lo and behold... This thing was verified to be, and the guy that actually made it came forward and said, no, no, I actually made this. This is not using <laughs> like a video camera. And he even showed he he changed some of the lighting from like day to night, like instantly. And that's yeah. when the brain just exploded. And I went, we have done it, guys. We have literally gotten to the point where you cannot tell reality apart from like graphics it it is absolutely mind-blowing yeah i I felt exactly the same way you did josh i actually i I clicked out of the video thinking is this an advertisement or something i'm like no no no. let me get to the video i'm supposed to be watching i want to watch the unreal engine demo right then i went back in and i'm like this is the same video this isn't it and i'm like looking through an article that i found and i scroll down and sure enough it says that he'd modeled it after a train station and i believe it was in china um ichu daiman station or i don't know how to pronounce that but but the whole thing is i'm like that's oh wow that's it and so when i'm watching it one of the first things that i really noticed after you know it went from day to night was that flashlight and i'm like in every game ever, there's always a lighting issue when you have flashlights. Everyone knows it. There's that area outside the flashlight that's pitch black. And I'm like, that's not really how flashlights work. I'm a camper. I go camping a lot. It has like you know a really good area where it's really bright. And then you have some fringe lighting and stuff all around. And this flashlight was doing that perfectly. And I'm like, okay, this is incredible. Just the lighting test on it. But then also while I'm watching it, I'm sitting there and I'm like, but this can't be the demo still because the movement. Like it's not... It, it looks like a handheld camera. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a game. And then I read farther on in the article, it turns out he did it using like VR controls for the camera movement and hand movement. I'm like, that's how the flashlight is moving independently. Okay, that makes so much more sense now. I am so sold. And I cannot wait because I believe one of the first major titles they're putting out on this engine is the next Witcher game, which I love the Witcher anyways. Oh. And so I, I'm, I'm amped. I'm amped. <laughs> now... I, I mean, there's there's one big problem. Yeah, I was gonna. 
it's a tech demo that no one can run on their computer system. This is like using supercomputers to process it. So yes, the engine is capable. It's unbelievably good. You're going to need, you know, eight 4090s that are all working in tandem in order to process something like this. But man, does it not make you excited for the future. It just looks so incredible. Yeah, but how long have we been using Unreal Engine 4 for? uh, A while. And when that first came out, we weren't anywhere near the end of its capabilities. And so I'm thinking more excitement about the future on what we can do because graphics like 10 cards years down the road. Yeah, a graphics card 10 years down the road is probably going to be equivalent of like four 4090s. You know what I mean? And so it's just cool to see that we're on the next step. And if we can't get there yet, at least we can get closer, you know? It, it it if you're listening, go ahead and check it out. It's it's all over the internet. You know, it, it's it's absolutely incredible. I have never in my life seen graphics like this. You cannot tell it apart at all. I mean, there was nothing in any of this video where I went, "Oh, there it is." Okay, there, you can kind of tell that was graphics. You know, this was a CGI type thing or something like that. It's just like, do you guys remember when cutscenes, like, do you remember when you'd be playing a game and then it would go to a cutscene and the cutscene was always way better graphics than the game was because it's already pre rendered yeah. and all that? And then it's like games finally caught up to cutscenes, right? And it's like, oh man, you remember 10 years ago? Like, this is the gameplay that looked like a cutscene back then. And I feel like we're well on the way. I, I mean, the applications of this are unfathomable. Can you imagine a horror game where it looks like real life? I don't like, want to. I don't. I mean, I don't like there comes a point where I'm not sure I'd want to play that. Like the, it right? sounds neat, but I, I mean, at some point, I don't know that I want that level of realism in a video game. But then on the flip side, it's like, it's so cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Give me, give me Witcher four and unreal engine five. You know, I, I don't know, man. It's crazy. But I think you're right. It's going to be 10 years before we have the capability to actually play a game with that kind of graphical fidelity in it. Either way, it's still going to be a huge upgrade probably on the games that develop next. But like you, Josh, I too was looking for flaws. And I looked specifically at like the fluorescent lights in the ceiling. And I'm like, you could always tell by the lights because it's going to be a cut and copy paste and they're going to light differently. Lo and behold, the fluorescent lights all look different and they're all like based on where they're positioned, you know, the ambient light coming from them is actually true looking. So yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm excited. And even if we can't use it for 10 years to its fullest, at least in two years or three years, we can use it at probably still a huge upgrade to Unreal Engine 4. No. Oh yeah. Paul, you, ha- you saw the Matrix tech demo, right? Now I still have not seen that to this day, but how does the Matrix one compare to this one? I mean, I feel like people were blown away by the Matrix demo. Is it, is it close in like the the graphical fidelity of it? No. No. But the Matrix demo is still incredible and it's running on a PS5. So you're talking about, you know, not even top of the line PC specs right now. So just the fact that they're able to produce something like the Matrix tech demo which looks so incredibly good with so much going on the screen at once. Like the draw distance is so far down the road and there's just so much action and things are moving all over the screen at once and it handles it all perfect where it feels very immersive. So when you start to add in the even higher resolutions and looking at things up close that really do look realistic, it's just going to get better and better. I mean, the Matrix demo already had me hyped. Seeing this just sends it through the roof. But we, we've we already seen tech demos in the past 
where if you guys remember, there's like scenes out in the desert and you see all the rocks piled on the ground and you would swear that there it's like photos in real life. It's I'm so excited about where gaming is headed. Yeah. Hey, before, I, go ahead. before we move on. Uh, sorry, I just want to correct myself from earlier because I don't want to get the, 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 the angry males. But Ichi Diamond Station is in Toyama, Japan, not China. And I apologize for my mistake. How mm. dare you? You should know your train station. I know, right? Cartography. Come on, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you major in uh, Eastern, <laughs> Eastern no, <stations>. Transit? <laughs> Western yeah. Anthropology? A little bit. Yeah, Eastern. <laughs> Eastern, yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Unreal Engine 5 Tech Demo. Go check it out. All right. Now, I know that we have, uh, you know, we've mentioned Dead Space on the show a couple of times. I know Josh and I in particular are enormous fans of the original Dead Space. And EA confirmed that we are getting a complete ground up rework of the 2008 original. And it's going to release in January of next year. This is going to be coming out for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Is this something that you guys are excited about? Very much so. Yeah. I, yeah. I am too, man. I it's it's one of those things where you you I've made it known I'm not a huge fan of remakes and remasters and stuff like that. I feel like they're money grabs, like you know, can we get some new stuff, please? Right. But that being said, Dead Space is a game that everybody should have played at some point. And I get that for a lot of people, because the game is old at this point, that they just ha- will never experience it. Oh, really? You've never played it, Michael? I've never, I've never played it. And I think we talked about this offline one time. We were talking about Dead Space. I think I asked you guys, like, is it playable? And you're like, you might have to mod it a little bit, you know, or something like that. But it's going to be, it's not going to be the same experience. But no, I've never played it. Well, it's so good. You'll love it. I will love it when you get around to it. This is the perfect reason why I'm actually excited for this because this is a complete remake of the game. Now, I did see some footage. It does look like they're going, they're keeping it you know, like the original, they're not mixing things up too, too much, but they are bringing this game into the 21st century. Um, where what, wait, I guess is 2008, the 21st century. It is. Okay. We're so still, they're bringing this we're game still into there the 2020s. 2199. That's not my well, brightest moment there, guys. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> so, uh, so they're bringing this game into the 2020s. <laughs> But you'll be able to experience it because it will be so up to date, but they're keeping so much of the original that I think now, again, this is speculation because we don't know what the game's going to be like. But if they can keep what made the original so amazing and bring it up to date and then put it in in the hands of people that never got to experience the original Dead Space, that's a win. Yeah. Now, and the biggest thing too is is like you said about the update, it's not just retextures and remeshing the original. They're building the game from the ground up, which is what makes me most excited about it. I think about what was it, Final Fantasy VII when that came out and you had like the little piece of it or whatever, and it was like, hey, we're building a whole new game, but that was a different game fundamentally. This is the same look, the same dead space, but just they're modernizing it bringing it into the 22nd century and making it just newer (laughs) and better. Um, But what I like about it is, Josh, you asked, you know, is it still going to have the same feel? The answer is no, because the developers said it's not. They said, and I quote, the level of horror and immersion is upping to unprecedented heights. So it's going to be even scarier than the first one. Which I totally believe. And if you look up, 
some of the videos of this. Dead Space has an official YouTube channel, and they actually have a video called Creating Immersive Environments. And you get to see them working inside the engine where they show the assets and the different workflow and all the things that they're doing to recreate it. And then at the end of the video, you get a split screen where you get to see the original next to the remake. And it really is incredible what they're able to do here today with this kind of work. I I will be very excited to be able to play Dead Space again. And anyone out there, if you have seen the movie Event Horizon, that was the major inspiration for the game. No. So if you've seen that movie, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's definitely very adult. It's very rated R. It's very disturbing. But if you're a fan of that kind of movie, you would absolutely love Dead Space the game. I that and it's funny you say that because I have been waiting to see a sci-fi movie. Like I'm not going to say at the level of Event Horizon because infamously it's unfinished. Act three is kind of a mess, but what you feel in that movie is pretty terrifying, and it's definitely like 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 Paul said, very adult. But to experience that in a video game, sign me up. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get excited about remakes, but this one I'm I'm actually really pumped for because I it, again it's a game that everybody should have experienced. I feel like you know people miss that window, and it's probably too late for the original game, but. Everything that I see on this one looks like they're doing it in every way the right way. And so that gets me excited for it. Yeah, and I'm sad that I never played it because this this game came out like during the black hole of my gaming career. I guess I have a career in gaming now because I have a podcast. Sure. <laughs> but, but during my gaming life, because um, I had just gotten married that year and I only had time. Like I played a little bit of World of Warcraft. And that's all I played for like four years. So I missed almost every game between like 2007 and Skyrim. And so this is one of those that fell in that I've always wanted to play, but I, I don't want to go back and play a game that I'm not going to truly experience because I'm going to be really taken out of the game by the graphics. Yeah, uh, this this one will be very fun to dive back into. I feel like in a weird way, Dead Space is just so underrated now because of how bad the series got and EA kind of just destroyed it. So being able to get the first game, which is definitely the classic good one to play. EA will destroyed be very a game exciting. series? No. No. No, they've never done that. SimCity. They're, they're they're rebuilding <laughs> they're rebuilding games from the ground up, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we have time for one last story here today. This is related to EA, so good transition. <laughs> EA has said that they are rethinking Battlefield from the ground up, no. which should not be a surprise because 2042 was such a colossal disaster. I even said like. I don't know if Battlefield can really even survive this with the current model because it was just so bad and you've got other games going free to play. So EA did say, hey, we're going uh, like anything's on the table is kind of what it sounded like. And I did think that this was kind of funny, but they did brag that last month they issued a patch for Battlefield 2042 that had 400 fixes to bugs. Oh. Which, when I read that, I was like, weird flex, but okay. Like, why are we bragging that we fixed that many bugs? And they finally added voice chat. Like, my goodness. wow. It's 2022, and that game had no voice chat until just last month. If only there were, like, free apps that you could use as gamers to talk to other gamers, you know? Like, that's one of those things. In-game voice chat, to me, is something I don't understand the demand for, because Discord is free. And like every gamer uses Discord at this point. Like I get maybe if you're younger and you can't use it, I I guess. Or maybe your parents are like, no, we don't want you using that. Maybe, you know, they have issues with that. But then 
in-game chat is some of the most toxic like foul chat or voice that you've ever heard. (laughs) I get so annoyed by in-game chat and not for that reason. I get annoyed by it because I've got it every time I buy a new game and we're playing multiplayer, I have to try and figure out how to turn that chat off. Yes, exactly. I got to go to the menu, try to figure it out. But it's funny. This one's like battlefield EA. Oh my goodness. So let's look at the timeline, right? Game comes out. It's a, it's a, it's a massive, it's a nightmare to play, right? And they're saying, hey, we have some things to fix, and we understand. Then they come out and say, hey, we're, we're disappointed, too. We're really sorry. Then they come out and try to deflect and blame this on everybody, including COVID. And then they're saying, you know what? We're rebuilding from the ground up. So it's like it looks like they're almost going through like the stages of grief where like the denial, the acceptance, and then finally just they're going to move on did, now. And thank goodness they are. Did, did you say stages of greed? Because that's greed? exactly greed. <laughs> the sta- yeah. Oh, yes. Dude, yes. Nice. Because, see what you did there. Dude, this is 1,000% EA trying to save face with the Battlefield franchise. And they're going to tell, we, we're building it from the ground up. We're revisiting what made Battlefield great. They're going to use all this jargon, right? Where it's just like, oh, yeah, dude, this is the biggest Battlefield ever. We're going to have 3,000 people working on the next Battlefield. Uh, reimagined from you know all prior games in the series and all and it's you i'm sorry ea like you have 100 percent lost my trust when it comes to battlefield i will not pre-purchase i will not play it until one comes out where everybody raves about it and says hey have you guys played the new battlefield because it's amazing do you think they're gonna go to some kind of free-to-play model with like a battle pass of course they will it's ea I'm not yeah. sure what else they could do because you can't keep charging $60 for a game like this because there are so many free options nowadays, whether you're looking at like Halo Infinite or Apex Legends, you can't charge 60 for this anymore. So they're going to have to do something radically different. I'm surprised they haven't done it already. Honestly, it's I mean, I know why they haven't because they're in denial and they're not ready to move on and say that, you know, but once their sales numbers get down low enough and they're like, nobody's buying, are people still buying this game? Probably not. So pretty soon they're going to have to go well, with something like package like that. Michael, Battlefield 2042 has dropped under 1,000 concurrent users on Steam. <laughs> wow. Good, good so th- I don't know about consoles, but even on Steam, this game has already kind of died. Good thing they have all those the- bots they programmed, right? Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Remember the whole like the AI and the bots thing where they're like, hey, don't worry, guys, bots will fill the server. So it always feels like you're playing with people and people went like, well, wait a minute. We don't want to play with bots. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a look at Steam charts right now. And in the middle of a Sunday afternoon when gaming is kind of at its peak, there are 2200 people on Battlefield right now, which is not very high at all. That's crazy. For the crazy world. talk. For the world. <laughs> yeah. 2,200 in- people on planet Earth. And there's a lot of people on the Earth in the 23rd century right now, yes. too. I like how this podcast just keeps leaping forward in time. <laughs> exactly. I was trying to scroll down far enough to tell you what games it's around, and uh, I-, I can't even get there. I- the t- Top 200 games. We have games I've never heard of. Uh, the Planet Crafter, Clicker Heroes, Conqueror's Blade, Trimps. All of these games have more concurrent players than Battlefield 2042. I got yeah. nothing on those games. I don't even know what they are. You know, I'm so, I'm, I feel like the guy that's at the used car lot and I know that some shady salesman is trying to sell me like a clunker. 
And and yeah. it, it's like he's just giving me, you know, he's hyping it up and he's telling me like, oh, this is going to be the best car ever. Just trust me. And I'm sitting there going like, dude, trusting you is absolutely at the bottom of my list right now. And that's yeah. EA and Battlefield, man. I really hate to say it because you guys, uh, I, I mean, we all loved Battlefield, but I, I mean, I rip Battlefield, man. Yeah, he's trying to sell you an Audi with 60,000 miles as just like new. Right, yeah. yeah. Yes, that was a jab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably not a good sign when Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 4 both have more concurrent users right now than 2042. Sad, sad day. All right, well, we are out of time for today. The only other announcement that I was going to make is that by the time this episode releases... V Rising is now in Ooh, early access. Baby. I know that the three of us have yes. picked it up. We are going to be deep diving it after Elite Dangerous. So V Rising is currently out. That is one that you might want to take a look at. That one looks incredibly fun. And hopefully all three of us are playing it right now having a blast. Yes. All right. Well, we will be back with a quick take episode on Saturday. And then following on Monday, we will have a bonus round episode that we're very excited Ooh, it's for. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> I think it will be. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you to everyone who's currently supporting us on Patreon. If you want to check that out, once again, that is MultiplayerSquad.com. And then we'll see you guys on Saturday. Or in V Rising. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I-, I can't wait to be a vampire and just eat people. It's going to be <laughs> glorious. <Yeah. laughs> uh, all right. Happy game. See you. Bye, guys. Bye.